Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. If you are watching us on the radio.com app, you are seeing a bottle of the highly coveted Samuel Adams Utopia's beer. If you can get your hands on it, it's 200 bucks. If you can't, you're going to have to pay what I'm seeing north of 800 on the internet at the moment 28 percent alcohol illegal in 15 states we'll get into it on a football and beer friday here on home and home radio.com sports original we're brought to you by zip recruiter check out ZipRecruiter.com slash enter the smartest way to hire I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker on the road down there in New Orleans getting ready for a big college football broadcast, UCF and Tulane tomorrow. Let's do this. Let's get after the beers at 10.02 Eastern Time with Jim Cook. He is the founder of Samuel Adams Brewery. Good friend of mine, Jim. Good to see you, Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker. Is it too early to drink beer, Jim, at 10.02 Eastern Time? Cheers. Well, let me let me figure it out. No, it's not. It's okay. Well, now I'm really feeling left out because I'm the only one that doesn't have a beer because I got to go talk to college football coaches for a production meeting. Jim, I got to tell you, when I was playing for the Patriots, my wife and I did the brewery tour up there. Uh, absolutely loved it. And in fact, I couldn't believe that the bald guy with the big beard that's in the commercials, he was actually there. Like, he's not an actor. Like, he's a real dude in the brewery, like, actually making the beer. Of course he's a real dude. It's Bobby. He's been with us 20 years. He does make the beer. There is truth in advertising every once in a while. All right, so here's my question for you, Jim, to start things off. The, and the brewery tour was amazing. I had no idea until I looked you up that you got your BA, your Bachelor's of Arts, your JD, and your MBA all from Harvard. So two that was not what I was expecting from the Sam Adams founder. So two things. One is, do you really just like school that much? And number two, does it still hurt you every day when you go to bed that you were not able to get into Princeton University, the number one school in the country? Uh, well, I actually did. <laughs> Harvard instead. <laughs> and so, Jim, if you could tell people how you wound up as the founder of Sam Adams. It wasn't a direct line out of Harvard. No, it wasn't exactly a normal career path uh, out of Harvard. Um, but I, yeah, it, it's pretty simple. I'm the sixth oldest son in a row to be a brewer. So my dad was a brewmaster, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, all the way back to the 1840s. So beer has always been in my blood, usually about a 0.05, a 0.06. So I'm, I'm legal, <laughs> but I, I try to, you know, keep my BAC uh, 
a little bit elevated. And I've always loved beer. You know, I, I got out of Harvard. I worked as an outward bound instructor for three and a half years. And then I got my uh, JD and my MBA. Uh, and then I had a, a, a consulting job. Uh, I did that for like six years and I was done. I just didn't want to do it anymore. I walked in the next day. I gave my notice. Then I tried to figure out what I wanted to do. And this was, you know, back in 1983, 84, when there was really no craft breweries. In fact, the name hadn't been invented. There were, you know, a handful, half a dozen lunatics trying to make a living making beer on a small scale. Uh, and I decided to give it a shot. I'd been a home brewer. I started in my kitchen. We were the smallest brewery in America when we started. It was two people. And the rest is history. You know, Jim, it, it's funny because I love beer. Um, I love Sam Adams. I love all kinds of IPAs. I think the older I get, I'm more into double IPAs. But it's interesting. I feel like, do you feel like on some level, all the different breweries that are popping up everywhere, all the different microbrews, do you feel like, Jim, that you're like the, the father of that movement? Because to me, you were like the first one I knew of that kind of started making a higher quality, different, better tasting beer, and you did it on your own. Do you feel like you're the you're the father of this beer explosion? Sometimes I do, and and to me it's just great because when I started, we were one of you know you could, one of a handful of you know people trying to make great beer here in the United States. I named my beer after Sam Adams because he was a revolutionary, and I wanted to help create a beer revolution and bring great beer to the U.S. So today there's like 8,000 of us, 8,000 small independent brewers. Yeah. And today the best beers in the world aren't made in Germany. They're not made in Belgium. They're not made in Australia or anywhere else. They are made right here in the United States. Today, American brewers are the best brewers in the world. And that's like super cool to me. Absolutely. Talking to Jim Cook, the founder of Samuel Adams, and it's now a $26 billion industry, but are you as big as you are now still a craft brewer? Yeah, we are still uh, a craft brewer. Um, we, I mean, Sam Adams has made this big impression on people. Um, you know, Sam Adams has about, one percent of the u.s beer market not even so you know we we're probably uh it's like i don't know it, we're like the tallest pygmy um you know which that doesn't mean we're ready for the nba but we're bigger than all the other pygmies so i guess that's a good thing <laughs> so we all know about boston lager uh, uh Jim, and by the way, I, I grew up like 20 minutes from Yingling. So I actually, I've done the tour in the caves there. I'm a big brewery tour guy. My wife and I are. Uh, it's we a know great about, tour. Yingling's a great beer. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we, uh, we take a lot of pride in it from uh, that area of Pennsylvania. Now, uh, it's funny now, Jim, you'll appreciate so you're this. You're a coal cracker. Now, that's right. That's right. That's right. Now I live down All right. close to the... Hershey and Harrisburg. So I, I like Trobes. Like they got a double IPA, Nimble Giant. I really like. How do you balance sort of um, 
mass-producing Boston lager for all the people that love it versus trying new beers, trying some IPAs, double IPAs, things like that. Because I'm sure that there's a, a yin and a yang from the business perspective as well. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Boston lager is still my favorite beer. I've been drinking it pretty much every day of my life for 35 years. And uh, I still look forward to the next sip. So there's, you know, we have lots of passion for, you know, the beers that we make. And in a normal year, we'll probably brew maybe 150 different beers, trials, testing stuff, some of them crazy, I mean, and probably the lunatic fringe of, of brewing is Sam Adams' Utopias. That's like the Star Trek of beer. It takes beer where no beer has gone before. And here it is. I have the bottle here. Thank you for sending it to me. It is, uh, from what I understand, a $200 bottle, but I'm seeing bottles on the internet go for as high as two, uh, $800. Um, it is 28% alcohol, which makes it illegal in 15 states. I'm going to try my first sip here. And uh, as I do, tell us about this beer. What oh, makes man, it you got like so $40 comfortable. worth of it in that glass. Uh, is that too much? Yeah, well, yes, you have to approach Sam Adams' Utopias differently, like a cognac. Um, one ounce is a pretty good serving because it'll, oh. right, it gets in your mouth. You're like, oh, wow. Wow that is right. Tell me yeah, about it. it. There is no beer like that. It, the flavor profile you're going to find somewhere between like a vintage port and an old sherry and a fine cognac. Nobody ever identifies it as beer. And what I was trying to do with Utopias uh, is push out the boundaries of beer. Uh, it's like, you know, Ross, it's like if you could throw a football 300 yards, wouldn't that be cool? Well, you know, Sam Adams Utopias is like hucking a football 300 yards. Um, it never been done before. Uh, it's the strongest naturally fermented beer ever made. Um, and it just takes beer into uh, the realm of the very finest, you know, wine and spirits. And I thought that would be a cool thing to do. Yeah. So, Jim, you got to explain to me, like, what kind of beer is it? I, I've had double IPAs. I had triple IPAs recently. They're still like. 10, 11, 12 percent. I love yeah, them. Those you know, the yeah, those are children. Yeah, this those are beginners' beers. Utopias is, you know, what you've been practicing for. Um, it it is unlike any other beer ever made. And I uh, for me as a brewer, it's just fun to do it. Uh, it took us, oh gosh, like mm, seven years to develop it. And we've been making it, uh, I think this is about the 11th release of it, but it doesn't have a, I can't tell you what kind of beer, I guess the, the word that other brewers will use is extreme beer. This is outside the boundaries of conventional brewing to, to bring new flavors and tastes to beer drinkers. God. Okay. So this is not like a, uh, 
quadruple quintuple uh, IPA or something. It's not, there's not even like, it doesn't even go into a typical beer category. Exactly. This is unique. There is literally nothing like Utopias brewed by any brewer in the world. Nobody's yet been able to even get close to this. Okay, I got a couple of questions about it. And, and one, what do you make of the fact that I'm seeing it right now go for more than $800 a bottle on the internet? And two, there are no bubbles in this, Jim. So can I just put the top back on or will it go flat? Will it go bad? No, at this level of alcohol, uh, the carbonation has long since fled the premises. Uh, it's been gone for years. Um, the... And, and I should explain how we make Utopias. We make uh, different batches and we will age them in uh, used spirit barrels. So like uh, whiskey, you know, bourbon barrels, scotch barrels, cognac barrels, uh, more exotic things like Madeira and Calvados, some sherry barrels, uh, some port barrels. And we make Utopias by blending all these different barrels and some of them are 25 years old so we actually uh you know we have barrels of beer that are old enough to drink themselves you probably never had 25 year old beer uh that's what's going on in utopias and what do you make of the fact that it's going for oh yeah good question i think that's super cool that um you know, we're able to make a beer that people think is, is worth $800. And I can sort of validate that for them because um, over the years, we've bl done blind tastings of Utopias against, uh, you know, $500 bottles of port. And we win. We've done it against like uh, Louis Trez and Inez, which are $1,000 bottles of cognac. And we win. So uh, to me, uh, it, it's obviously worth it if, if uh, you know, sophisticated wine and spirits writers taste Utopias and compare it to a thousand dollar bottle of cognac and say the Utopias is better. Well, eight hundred dollars, that's a bargain. And, and you get a nickel back for the <laughs> bottle. If you bring it back in Boston. <laughs> hey, Jim, here's my question. Before we started this segment and brought you on, you were asking Dave what kind of glass he had. Now, I've got, like, I, I really like beer, but I'm not as particular about the glasses as my buddies are. But that was the first question you asked. So talk to me about which glasses matter and why it matters. Yeah. Well, everybody knows that you're not going to drink a really fine wine out of a juice glass or a pint glass, right? So the glass actually affects your taste experience. We know that with wine, and obviously it's going to be true with a really good beer as well. It's the same physiology of taste, the same physics of the glass. So for um, Utopias, you want basically something like a, uh, you know, a cognac glass, not the big, you know, big bowl brandy snifter thing, but uh, a small glass that has an outturned lip that will present the beer to the front of your palate. So 
so that you get the proper taste experience. With Boston Lager, we designed this special glass that enhances the flavor. It's got the outward turned lip that puts the beer in the front of your palate. It's got this bowl that concentrates the aroma. We even take a laser and in the bottom, we etch in these little laser marks. They're, they're nucleation sites where bubbles form and you get a stream of bubbles going through the beer, collecting aromas, getting to the surface, popping and releasing all those aromas. So uh, a proper glass actually does make a difference. Talking to Jim Cook, the founder of Samuel Adams. So what's your word for all these people drinking all that spiked seltzer today? You know, uh, if you like it, it's good. Um, to me, and we do make a spiked seltzer called Truly. It was actually, we, in, we were the first spiked seltzer uh, with Truly Hard Seltzer. Um, to me, again, it's an opportunity to be innovative, to creative, to push the envelope, to do cool things uh, that haven't been done before. And to me, you know, a, a truly hard seltzer, I'd much rather have that than like, you know, a vodka soda. Um, so, you know, those times when you want something that tastes great, really flavorful, but also refreshing, and you don't want a lot of calories, you don't want to get filled up, hard seltzers, you know, it's a pretty good choice, but All Boston right. Lager, my favorite. Boston Lager is your favorite. You can have a favorite kid. You can have a favorite beer. We have Bloody Mary Friday every every Friday on this program, but I am game for replacing it with, with Sam Adams Friday. You know, we could use a sponsor here, uh, Jim. Yeah. So, if you're, so, you know, we if can send you some beer. We're in. We're in. Samuel you got Adams Friday, done. Quality drinkers. <laughs> we appreciate the time, Jim Cook. Everybody check out Utopias. Hopefully you don't have to pay $800 for it. 28% alcohol, illegal in 15 states. And I got to say, it's delicious. Jim, thanks for being here. We really appreciate it. Cheers. Mm. That was awesome. Ross, you got to get a bottle. We're going to have to get you one. I, I might have to try it. Yeah, I mean, that's a little, $200 is a lot for me. I better get, uh, I feel like, I feel like for $200, that better be three or four nights in a row where it puts me to sleep. <laughs> uh, and, and it probably will. It looks, it looks delicious. I'm going to try it. That's just so cool that they tried something different like that, which I, which I like. He's hired. Sam Adams is hired as a sponsor of the show, kind of like ZipRecruiter. As Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner discovered, she needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow with her team. That's why she went to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter and said she was impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants. She also used ZipRecruiter screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus on the best ones. That's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks. 
With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. That's ziprecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I mean, come on. How many shows are you listening to where they have on the founder of Sam Adams Brewery and they drink $200 bottle of beer on air? You got to stick here to home and home. What else we do is we get to go around the country ways other shows cannot and get the feel of the local markets, what their concerns are, what the angry callers are all dialed into. And let's do that now. We'll start on this Friday rant day in Philadelphia, our friends at WIP. What are the callers saying about Carson Wentz and the way he's played of late? Listen up. Ladies and gentlemen, the Philadelphia Eagles will beat the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday, 26 to 24. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Do you understand? What's going on, everyone? Jetta Cameron, Jen Richie. It is 94 WIP. John, one of the things that hits me is, you know, this is a, this is Carson Wentz, Eagles, Russell Wilson, Seahawks. And one of the things that really hits me is since they last played two years ago, the incredible divergence that's happened with their careers. Whereas, you know, like two years ago, early December 2017, if we ask Eagles fans, prior to the game, of course, Eagles lost the game, but Carson was having a spectacular season. Prior to that game, hey, which quarterback would you rather have, Carson or Russell Wilson? You're going to get Carson, Carson, Carson. Uh, hey, Carson. And if we said to them especially, whose future would you rather have, 100, and I mean 100, not 99, 100% of Eagles fans, 100%. Of Eagles fans, early December 2017, would have said, oh, I'll take Carson Wentz's future. No question about it. Well, John, here we are now two years later. It must be the receivers. It must be the wind. It must be something other than Wentz. Because he's got 56 yards close to halftime. He's not even going to hit his usual 200-yard game. Dear Carson, it is your fourth year in the NFL. When are you going to realize that you don't have a half hour to throw the ball away? Wake the fuck up. Time is not yours. All right, the refs aren't going to lose us the game, but this offense is going to lose us the game. Come on, get in this game. Play like the defense. Let's do something for real. This one's for John Ritchie. There's about three minutes and ten seconds left in the fourth quarter, and look who just left the game, Mr. Jason Peters. One behind him, one high, and one in the third. He looks like McNabb. Carson, you suck. <laughs> Ross, how are you feeling? Do you feel different about Carson Wentz than you did a year ago? Uh, maybe a little bit. I, I guess, I mean, he's still a top 12 quarterback in the NFL. I think that people's expectations were really high because in 2017, he was arguably the end of the league. And so as a result, Eagles fans got very excited, very hopeful, 
and they put the expectations very high. I don't think he's met those this year. In fairness, the best receiver, Deshaun Jackson, played all of one game. Uh, Al, uh, Alshon Jeffrey's been a disappointment. Nelson Aguilar has been a gigantic disappointment. I mean, he has not had an easy go of it. His receivers have not made plays for him. But especially last week against the Patriots, he missed some throws, especially on the last drive. It's weird. He, like, makes these incredible throws. But then he missed some easy ones, some gimmies that he just can't miss. And the, the frustration from the fans comes from some of the missed throws, some of the holding the ball in the pocket, the fumble. It, you know, that was a huge missed opportunity for the Eagles against the Patriots. They could have won that game. And the combination of the drops and Wentz not playing well enough is why they didn't. Yeah, you hear a lot about the receivers. I'm pretty sure Tom Brady would love to have Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, two targets he doesn't have. Yes, he has Edelman, but Tom Brady, according to the folks at Pro Football Focus, Brady 7, Carson Wentz uh, right now graded as the 11th best quarterback in football. Kyle Allen, he is currently graded as the 32nd best quarterback, according to Pro Football Focus. That's where Ross and I diverge. Here's what they're saying on WFNZ about Kyle Allen, his future, and what about Cam? Good morning, Charlotte. Welcome aboard. There was never a long-term Kyle Allen scenario, at least in my mind. Uh, you know, I think we're so, at this, this area, so quick to dismiss Cam Newton and what he's done, who he is, what he brings to the table. When healthy, and that's always going to be the caveat, when he's healthy, I think he, he's superior to anything that Kyle Allen could have possibly dreamed to be. Does anybody have any faith left in guys like Marty and Ron? And there's no way you can have faith left in Kyle Allen. Some guy texted me and said, Mac, if Cam's not the starter, well, then Kyle Allen is. No, there's this thing called a draft. And maybe a first-round draft pick should be used. Not the 100th pick in the draft. And speaking of the 100th pick, maybe at some point, if things continue to go like this, we could see Will Greer play. I don't know why we couldn't see Will Greer play at the end yesterday. You drafted the damn you know? kid in the, in the third round for a reason. Why did you, We know he struggled in the preseason, but what did it hurt yesterday? Give him a look. I don't, what the hell, man? What's the matter yesterday? At some, I don't get that. As Kyle Allen exposes himself as a dude that's not worthy of being a starter moving forward, aren't you kind of curious over there about Will Greer? Anybody curious about Will Greer? But games like the Bears a couple years ago, Washington last year, Tampa Bay beginning of this year, Atlanta yesterday, uh, the next Atlanta game, the Washington game, he's got a bad loss every year, and those are the ones that ultimately will be the undoing of Ron Rivera. It's not the Niners' loss. It's the loss in Week 2 to Tampa Bay. It's the loss at home yesterday. You have two home division losses to Tampa Bay and Atlanta. That's unacceptable. Uh, I don't care who your quarterback is. It's brutal. Wow. So I've been very tough on Kyle Allen. That makes me feel a little bit bad for the guy, knowing what they're saying in his local market. Three touchdowns, nine picks last four weeks, but also 18 sacks. Ross, you feel like he's getting a bad shake. Well, yeah, I just don't. I, I think people are quick. This is how it happens based on draft status. You know, a first round pick can have three or four bad games. Then they have one good game. Everybody says, see, that's what he is. That's what he can be. That's why we took him in the first round. An undrafted free agent has three or four good games. Then he has one bad game. People say, see, he stinks. He can't play. Look, 
Kyle Allen should be the quarterback for the rest of the year. At the end of the year, they should evaluate the entire body of work. Obviously, Cam Newton's health and put all those things together and factor in the decision. But the knee-jerk reaction to putting Will Greer in, that would never happen if Kyle Allen was a, even a second-round pick as opposed to undrafted free agent. They wouldn't be saying bench Kyle Allen this quickly. He's, it's his first year as a starter. He was on practice squad almost all year last year. He's essentially a rookie. I think he gets a shot. I think they're going to hang on to Cam Newton, pay that $19 million, see how they compete, at least if Cam Newton gets healthy. One of the interesting storylines this week before we say goodbye was Rob Gronkowski teasing us again with another return to the Patriots. And we all knew what was coming, but we took the bait. And then Gronk put on a dance show and said, I've got Gronk Beach coming in South Beach the day before the Super Bowl. Not coming back to the Patriots, but he's got some pretty cool musicians, including Flo Rida down there in South Beach. Well, apparently the folks in Boston are getting a little tired of the act, Gronk. They just want you to be honest. You're not coming back. We got some callers from WEEI as we say goodbye for the week. And I toast to Sam Adams and Ross Tucker. Here are the callers from WEEI on Gronk's Theatrics. See you next week. It's the Greg Hill Morning Show with your host, Greg Hill. All right, so so the whole... Um... The, the whole Gronk saga, right? Yeah. He's a great Hall of Fame tight end, great guy, the whole nine, okay? In two words. That's all I got is two words. Go away. Simple. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just, it just gets redundant. It's horrible. It's dumb. A standalone product like Gronk, without the Patriots as any form of relevance, he's kind of boring and just, you know, trying to profit off of any drop of relevance that is out there. He was on James Corden the other night, and the crowd and the audience was kind of golf clapping, like, yay, get out, <laughs> like, go away. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.